Searching for a new home? Make todayshomebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com. NFL Report with Philip Wolf and Aaron Halluschuk is a Black Press Media podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Report. I'm Aaron Halschuk, a journalist with Black Press Media. We are heading into week 16 in the 2023 NFL season, and I am joined today with Vancouver Island Daily and Parksville Qualicum Beach News Editor Philip Wolf to discuss all things NFL. Welcome back to the podcast, Philip. Hi, Aaron. 16 weeks already. 16 weeks. I'm seeing the finish line, and it's looking a little bit different than the beginning of the year. Let's start with some of that discussion, because the season seems to have taken some twists and turns to be expected, but uh, some surprises as well. And I think one of those surprises may have come on a Monday night when Seattle was playing Philadelphia in Seattle and surprised, I think, almost everyone, myself included, with a last-minute drive for 92 or 96 yards by Drew Locke for the winning touchdown. What are some of your takeaways from that game? I think the biggest takeaway is that it remains awfully tough for opposing teams to win in Seattle, no matter what the records are or what the season is or how bad the Seahawks are. As for Drew Locke, he did exactly what Pete Carroll wants from his quarterbacks, is not to turn the ball over and just watch the running game for the most part. But it reminded me actually of a lot of Russell Wilson games where it just stays close and they do nothing and they do nothing and they do nothing. At the end, they say, all right, here you go. He went right down the field. I actually think that it was more than Drew Locke. It was almost like DK Metcalf took over that game late. He absolutely did. I saw a stat the other day that said that the one catch that he made, the one that kind of hit his leg and then rolled up into his arms on that drive, it was a 13.5% chance of actually making that catch. I I was really surprised and impressed, maybe is the right word, to see Drew Locke in doing something like that, because I don't think I've ever seen him throw a ball even that long on that very last pass into the end zone. With that win, I know there was some talk in Seattle because they lost four straight games in a row. There was some talk about Pete Carroll and his job security next year. With this win, do you think that question of whether or whether he won't be back next year, do you think that kind of firms things up in terms of he will be returning next year? It's tough to say. You would think that they would keep him around as long as he wants, given his track record. Mm -hmm. But in this NFL week to week, you never know if they lay an egg this week, he might be right back on the hot seat. And with that win, considering that they did lose four in a row, and some of them were really close, albeit Pete Carroll was on the record this week saying that it's 100% back to Geno Smith for quarterbacking. Do you think that's not that fair to Drew Locke, or is that just the reality of being a backup quarterback? I think that's the reality of being a, a backup. In the old days, they used to say a lot is you can't lose your job to injury. I don't necessarily believe in that. For me, it's whoever gives you the best chance to win. But even with what Drew Locke did and how decidedly average Geno Smith is most nights, I still think that uh, they have a better chance to win with Geno than they do with Drew Locke. 
for sure. That's right. And I know we've talked about this a little bit in past podcast episodes about going forward with Seattle at the quarterback position, but looking at uh, the Huskies and how amazing of a season they're having and their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., got nominated for a Heisman. Is that somebody, do you think that they should be looking at going forward? I think they should be looking at almost anything to improve Mm -hmm. their quarterback slot. But 100%, I would love to see Michael Penix there. I don't know where the Seahawks might draft in the first round. I don't know if you want to take him that high, but if he's there in the second round, I would absolutely go for him. He would be a lot of fun. He would be, yeah. It just reminds me a little bit, we might bring up his name a bit later in the podcast of Garner Minshew, and just having that kind of state connection. Not that the fans need more motivation in Seattle, but it just gives it a little bit more of an incentive when you have a tiny bit of a hometown connection to that. So taking a step back and looking at the larger league here as a whole, there's been a lot of teams grouped up in the middle. Nobody's really broken away except for a few of the teams that we thought would do well, but they haven't done maybe quite as well as some people might have thought going into the beginning of the season. The playoff race looks really tight and really close, and there's still a lot of teams that could make it in. Who are you keeping an eye on as we get really close to the playoff race? Right now, in all honesty, I only care about my Miami Dolphins. The rest of it is all a big jumble. I think losing a couple of weeks ago to the Tennessee Titans was in spectacular, late, horrible fashion, was really an epic blunder given they could have essentially wrapped up the division and everything else. And now I could see them finishing as low as seventh as the seventh seed. But I've thought all along that Buffalo is really good on any given week. Anyone seems to be able to beat each other. You mentioned Gardner Minshew. I have a soft spot for him. So it would be interesting if Indianapolis could sneak in there. Also, the Cincinnati Bengals with Jake Browning, another Mm. husky. I've got a sidelong glance at them. But mostly right now, I'm really fascinated to see how the Dolphins finish. This week, they take on our producer, Peter McCulley's Cowboys in the game of the season so far. And which I was going to ask you all about is just looking at the Cowboys, they started the season so hot and now they're stumbling. It looks like they're not playing at home again this week, which doesn't seem to go in their favor all that often. And any team that has a record above 500, they don't seem to do very well. What's your prediction for that game? You could say the exact same thing about Mm -hmm. the Dolphins. They struggle a lot away from home. For me, I think the big takeaway from that game is how Tyreek Hill's injury plays out. I think if he's able to play and he's close to 100%, I like Miami's chances. If he's not playing, I tend to like the Cowboys. Right now, I'm just looking at the injury report every single day for that game. It's a big game for Miami because they have a tough schedule. They have Dallas and then Baltimore. Then they finish with the Bills which two weeks ago you asked me, I wouldn't have said it would have mattered that much, but it could be a huge game. It's interesting because Josh Allen, I took him as one of my two quarterbacks fantasy this year. I was convinced that maybe he would have had a a little bit of a stronger season. He's one of those quarterbacks that I always feel like he's really good and he might stumble and yet he throws a lot of interceptions. If he's peaking right now, this is the time to peak during the season. And I think Maybe based on the way he was playing earlier this season, a lot of people might have underestimated him. I always feel like don't turn your back on Josh Allen and the Bills. You can't count him out. A guy like that, especially as the weather gets colder, as a running threat, he becomes even more dangerous for the opponents. 
as the weather gets messy and it gets rainy and snowy, you got 245, 250 pounds of quarterback coming at you. That's not as easy. And then that opens up the passing lanes. If I was afraid of one team in the AFC right now, it would be the Bills. Yeah, I agree for sure. Looking at quarterbacks and a couple of ones come to mind these past couple of weeks, namely Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson for kind of two opposite reasons. Both have been on sort of the ends of these really public displays of whether it's emotion or breakdown or just these outbursts on the sidelines. One, Patrick Mahomes, and just a couple of games ago, was just livid at his receivers for essentially losing the game for him and dropped a couple of his passes that could have resulted in a touchdown. And on the opposite side, Russell Wilson was on the receiving end when coach Sean Payton just ripped a bit of a strip into him on the sideline, what it looked like after a penalty got thrown in and really cost them a touchdown. This isn't anything obviously new in football or anything new in sports. Given the age that we're in, especially with social media and cameras absolutely everywhere, do you think these sort of outbursts, especially at the quarterback position, when you are the the face and the leader of the team, do you think Beach tried to be controlled a little bit more? And is that something more appropriate for the locker room and not necessarily for the public's display? I think it is more appropriate for the locker room, but mm-hmm. I don't really have a big issue with it. This has been going on since the dawning of time. Mahomes, the receivers he's had this year have been awful to yeah. say the least. So once in a blue moon, him cracking a little, that doesn't bother me. In terms of Sean Payton yelling at Russell Wilson, this has been an ongoing theme with our podcast this year is he just doesn't like Russell Wilson. He does not want Russell Wilson as his quarterback. And I think any time that he gets a chance to have a go at him, he does. Whether there's an underlying motive behind it, I probably think there is. Mm -hmm. That's just what he's going to do. Honestly, Russell Wilson this year has handled everything remarkably well. And all the venom that we've been, we were tossing at him and the schadenfreude, oh, look at Russell Wilson struggling. Yeah. It's almost flipped for me now is I want to see Russell Wilson do well just because Sean Payton rubs me the wrong way. Out of those two, out of Wilson and Payton, who do you think is going to last on the Broncos longer? Oh, Sean Payton will be there yeah. as long as he wants. In terms of Russell Wilson, if there wasn't so much dead money cost against the cap I think he would be out the door regardless of how well he's played this year I think Peyton just wants to start again and put his stamp on it because as long as Russell Wilson is there it will never really be Sean Peyton's team and Sean Peyton's culture so that's something interesting to watch in the offseason another interesting topic to watch during the offseason which is she says very sarcastically one of my favorite players Aaron Rodgers I remember on the very first week of the season when he broke his Achilles tendon, he came out very publicly and said that he will heal faster than most people and that he could return to play before the end of the season. And that was the running theme. He was on the sidelines for a bunch of the games. He was shown without his cast on and all that sort of thing. Two days after the Jets were eliminated officially from the playoffs, he said that his injury is progressing normally, his recovery is fine, and that he won't return for the remainder of the season. Do you think that was just him teasing and and when he saw that they're out, he's like, why bother? Do you think it was a giant publicity stunt or do you think this is very typical Aaron Rodgers? And do you see him back for day one of next year's season with the Jets? First, have we been talking about him the entire time? Kind of. 
Has everyone been talking about Aaron Rodgers the entire time? Yes. That's all Aaron Rodgers wants. A hundred percent. I don't think there was any chance of him playing again this year. Yeah. I, re I really don't. Now, given what's happened, I just think it was, look at me, I can heal faster than anyone else. I'm solving all the Zach Wilson problems. And now it comes out, what better way to look at me? I'm going to play more than one more mm -hmm. year. Look at me, talk about me all summer. That's just who Aaron Rodgers is. He's a fantastic quarterback, but he loves himself some Aaron Rodgers. He absolutely does. Speaking of which, where do you think, if anywhere, where do you think Zach Wilson will land? I don't have the slightest idea, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I, I What's helped him in recent weeks is every other mediocre quarterback they've thrown behind that offensive line has been terrible too. I think maybe there's a little chance for a redemption arc somewhere. If I was him, I would try to go somewhere like Kansas City where you're going to get a real coach. Right. Read where you're going to sit on the bench that Patrick Mahomes is going to play. But you go there, you have a chance to really learn. If I was Zach Wilson, I wouldn't necessarily next year be looking to start anywhere. I would right. just be looking to learn. I know that's a really good point. So looking at the opposite end of the spectrum, I'm going to ask you just quickly, because we have talked about it previously, about MVPs. And that's also based on the play of certain players this year, really been up and down. Who's dominating the MVP race, do you think? I think until he got hurt, and it's odd that it's a non-quarterback, but it was Tyreek Hill. I think you see how the Dolphins struggle without him and the type of season that he's having. He would have been my front runner pre-injury. I do think the MVP might be Brock Purdy in San mm -hmm. Francisco, but he's going to split a lot of votes with teammate Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So that's interesting. Dak Prescott was hanging around the conversation. Mahomes is always there, but he hasn't had a Mahomes-like season. Josh Allen hasn't really been himself, but he's there. So mm -hmm. right now, I would say that it's Purdy's to lose, mm -hmm. but that's why they play the games. That's right. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think we've chatted about this inevitably. It always goes to a quarterback. I Pretty rare that it goes into a non-quarterback position, but my vote would almost be for Christian McCaffrey because I think he's had an absolutely extraordinary season. But uh, the chances of him actually getting it, probably very slim. And like you said, probably will split those votes between him and his quarterback. Looking here at the past weekend's games and then going into the Christmas holiday, we've got a bunch on the weekend and then the Christmas Day games, Saturday and Sunday. Are there any games that you're particularly looking forward to? I'm only really looking forward to one, which is mm -hmm. in Miami. But in general terms, is there anything better than having the Saturday games as well? Oh, man. And there's so many of them, right? That's just you. The Saturday triple header and the Sunday triple header. And that's what I want. In the old days when I was a, a much younger and my metabolism was a little faster for the Sundays, <laughs> I would uh, wander over to the subway in the morning. I yep. would get three subs, three foot longs, and I would eat one in the morning game, one in the afternoon game, and one for the night game. And that would be my Sunday. And it was glorious. I would sneak a workout in after the second game. And I look at these games and there's still a part of me that goes, oh, I wish I could eat three subs still. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's just, I'm also interested with the, the Seahawks and the Titans. I would like to see the Seahawks do well there. But the Titans are always tough, no matter, like, even when they seem terrible, they yeah. seem to, to play really tough. And I'll be interested to see how they can contain Derrick Henry. What are the games that you're looking at? I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Then the other one I, I saw, it's on Christmas Day. 
It's the Ravens against the 49ers. And I think that's going to be a really great, at least I hope it's going to be a really good game. But I think that when you uh, have the best of the best, I think it should make for some interesting football. I don't know if I'm really excited about it, but keeping an eye on it is the Saints and the Rams. I think the Saints are doing really well. They might be the better team out of the two. If the Rams win, that might have playoff implications for the Seahawks. So that's a game I'm keeping an eye on. I think this year might be Sean McVay's best coaching job. I agree. Yeah. I also am interested in the Ravens 49ers game, but I think there's a very large chance that I'll be asleep for that one. The post-Christmas dinner lull. I know the timing is really bad on that one. Before we go to the last question, which may not be any surprise with Super Bowl predictions because it's getting close by. I want to switch back. We haven't played this game in a little bit, but I want to look at overreaction or not an overreaction. It's just rapid fire and see what you think. The Bills are the most dangerous team now in the AFC. Overreaction or not an overreaction. I like that. Okay. The Rams are a playoff team. Right now, I would call it an overreaction, but I do think Mm -hmm. at least one eight and nine team is going to sneak in the Mm -hmm. NFC. I'm going to split myself right down the middle on that one. That's fair. Okay. Brown's coach, Kevin Stefanski, is coach of the year. Overreaction, Mike McDonough. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. You? I'm impressed with him, but I have a soft spot for Mike McDaniel, and I've watched a couple of documentaries about him, so that sways me a little bit, but Kevin can get second place. Gardner Minshew will be a week one starting quarterback next year. I'd call that an overreaction right now. I think he will start games next year. I have no idea where. I would love to see him in Seattle. He's just one of those guys that just goes out and plays ball, for lack of a more descriptive term. He'll make the odd mistake and he'll throw up the odd unfortunate ball, as Michael Pittman can attest. He's well-liked wherever he goes in the locker room, and you could do a lot worse than him. I, I, I would say he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league, but it's often tough to supplant some of these guys. So I'd call that an overreaction with an asterisk saying that he will start games. All right. The Chiefs won't go further than the conference championship game. Not an overreaction. Their receivers are just awful. Mm -hmm. Does Patrick Mahomes lead the league in drops? If he doesn't, Mm -hmm. he's close. I would always be wary of any Andy Reid coach team. But for right now, I I don't see them going past that. That'd be interesting, man. The Lions are a one and done playoff team. It's not an overreaction. This is one of those times where just getting there will be their victory this year. Right. If they do win more than one in the playoffs, I would be surprised. Dan Campbell is fun anyway. That he is. Absolutely. Okay. Last one here. And this is uh, sort of good timing with the past Monday night game with Seattle. Is Jamal Adams' career as a Seahawk over? I hope so. Me too. Especially after he unloaded on that reporter's wife, I just lost a ton of respect for what he does even though that doesn't matter a whit for what happens on the field, is he's Mm -hmm. not good on the field anymore Mm -hmm. either. Yeah, Uh, I didn't have a lot of respect for him even on the field. I felt like his mouth did more talking than he actually, and his actions backed him up. And I wanted to see more, and I always ended up disappointed. I was fascinated that they signed a safety to be a pass rushing specialist. I was like, this is not going to work. And look at their backup safety, Love. He got ended the game with two interceptions and was... Uh, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, I think. And so that goes to show that everybody is replaceable. Especially in the NFL. I hope he's not back as a Seahawk next year. Just to wrap up this podcast, 
We are going to end with some Super Bowl predictions because I know we've done this earlier this year and it was still pretty early in the season. And now that things have changed a little bit, what is the Super Bowl looking like for you? I'm going to ask you first. Oh, okay. I'm going to say Buffalo and San Francisco. Nice. I said before the season started, the Dolphins were going to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with my heart and say they'll still get there. I do think that the 49ers are the class of the NFC. But if they somehow meet the Seahawks in the playoffs, I think the Seahawks knock them off. Just because of the familiarity within the division, I think if there's one team that might really shock the world against the 49ers, I think it could be the Seahawks, but they have to get there first. I like that dark horse kind of prediction. And I think the last handful of times that the Seahawks have played the 49ers, generally they haven't been blowout games. Like they've been really close or they've held their own for the most part. And so I think if it's a game like it was on Monday, could be anybody's game. You're right. And that would make me happy. I would be floored. But if the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl, I won't be mad about that either. I don't really care for the 49ers, so I hope they don't get there. But I would actually like, just for the sake of the drama surrounding it, I I would like to see as a Christmas present for Peter McKelly, I'd like to see his Cowboys Mm -hmm. at the Super Bowl again. That just bought us an extra five minutes on air, right? For me, the Dolphins and the Cowboys, that's the NFL. Mm -hmm. Let's go for that. Yeah, I like that. Hopefully we will both have uh, some comfy pants on, some food and some good beverages when we watch that game this weekend. I think that'll be a really good one. Hopefully you have a really good long Christmas weekend. Enjoy all of the games on basically almost every single day this weekend. Have a wonderful Christmas and we will do this again very early in the new year. All right. Same to you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye. NFL Report with Philip Wolf and Aaron Holluschuk is a Black Press Media podcast. Discover what's happening around our province with TodayInBC.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is TodayInBC.com.